you're in for a treat. On this episode, we're going to discuss the North Star of HR with Maxine, Chief People Officer, and Tam, VP of Internal Communications for Northwell Health, New York State's largest healthcare provider and private employer, which I believe has over 85,000 employees. Now, their collaboration and chemistry, it's pretty awesome. But before we dive in, let me give you an update on the podcast. Let me introduce and announce season four, and then I'd like to highlight three moments from this episode. Podcast started 16 months ago, 80 episodes, all focused on a single question, what is the future of HR initiatives? Call on people initiatives. And uh, we have the answer. The future of HR initiatives is the adoption of marketing mindset in the world of HR. Now, when you hear the word marketing in this context, you have one of three reactions. Either one, your eyes light up, two, you're curious, or three, you may have a bit of an allergic reaction. The innovators see it and they get it. Check this out. And we got to start treating employees more like customers. They don't have to be where they are. Maybe. And so I can see the reaction of marketing or the word market, right, as kind of a, maybe a little bit of a dirty word. But in in the spirit of our discipline, since the beginning of time, right, someone has always been trying to deliver a message to someone else or to an audience, right? Whether that's to a, a wife, a child, a business, a customer, an employee, you're still trying to um, deliver a message. And in and, and my definition of marketing, you're, you're marketing to that person. You're hoping to catch that person at the right moment with the right message so he or she can take an action. So when we're marketing externally, we're still marketing to our workforce. And so you need that unified brand. That's uh, really important. Anything we're saying outside, we want to be saying inside and vice versa, right? In my view, the validation is complete. This podcast is for those who agree. Marketing in the world of HR. Now let's talk about season four. The most fundamental of all marketing tools is the ability to run campaigns. But uh, I think that's the next level of how the internal CMO and this marketing component grows into HR, right? Is doing campaign. I love how you draw a distinction between a campaign and an initiative. Um, an initiative, we, we don't have measurable goals. Uh, we haven't gone into a wellness challenge with a measurable goal. We haven't gone into, um, you know, whatever office policy with a measurable goal. We have initiatives. Certainly, we have guidelines. We have we push people in a direction, but we don't um, we don't have an objective that we we state at the beginning of a campaign where we say, you know what, we're going to do this, and we want eighty five percent compliance within a month. Um, let's figure out how to get there. That would be uh, that would be interesting. I can see the the word campaign being a marketing campaign, but I like that word because to me, a campaign typically has a start and a stop and you nailed it. It has me metrics and findings and insights to it. So you really have to employ those marketing best practices to to look at what a, what a campaign looks like. How do we leverage multiple channels? How do we do year round benefits communications and try to increase benefit literacy? By the way, guess what else happens? Your people might get healthier. They might get happier. So now you have more engaged employees because they're literally healthier human beings. Season four is about translating initiatives into campaigns. In season four, we will include a number of episodes connecting employees to strategy. Now, 
Prohabit's podcast partner created the world's first platform to run employee campaigns, which will power all episodes in season four. And also on technology side, would love to start figuring out how we could try, you know, to test out some of these things in practical scenarios so we can learn um, and, and build those best practices that took marketing world last 20, 30 years to put, put in place. Every episode will include breaking news, sharing marketing-like KPIs, impressions, engagements, and conversions. First campaign is already running, and wow. Calvin shared his ideas and theory in season three. Now, he's putting ideas into practice and creating impact, which we'll hear about on the first episode of season four. Now, three moments from this episode with Maxine and Tom. Moment one, they have an internal agency. So, uh, and we have an internal agency, a creative agency. So we're blessed with um, an abundance of resources mm -hmm. that we can rely on. Moment two, their view on the adoption of marketing. And we're always looking at new ways to communicate. Um, and then with that marketing mindset, so looking at retail marketing, you know, marketing that um, we do externally with patients and customers and that we can learn from other industries and applying that internally. So it's actually music to our ears. Moment three, their internal comms sits in marketing. I think one of the things that makes Northwell unique is that the internal communications function is with it sits within marketing and communications. I hope you enjoy the episode. My first question is going to be, because I get this weird, when I say marketing mindset in the world of HR, I get one of three responses and I'll ask you to tell me which response best describes when you were first uh, introduced to this concept. The first is, Adam, where have you been? <laughs> 10, 15 years, we've already been on this, okay? Uh, second is, oh, I'm kind of curious. And third is almost like this like allergic reaction, like, oh, did you just say marketing and HR? <laughs> did you mean to talk to our CMOs or our external folks? So Maxine, I'm gonna start with you. When, when you hear this adopting marketing in the world of HR and employee experience, what does this bring up and why? And again, thank you so much for, for joining. Thanks so much, Adam. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I would say, and Tom, feel free to challenge, uh, that middle response. Uh, I can't say we were thinking this way 15 years ago, but we've definitely been thinking this way now. Uh, Tom and I, as you'll see uh, through the course of this, are just uh, truly great partners. At least I think so, he'll tell Absolutely. me. <laughs> um, and we're always looking at new ways to communicate. Um, and then with that marketing mindset, so looking at retail marketing, you know, marketing that um, we do externally with patients and customers and that we can learn from other industries and applying that internally. So it's actually music to our ears. I would agree. Um, same point of view there. We've been down this path. Uh, we've tested, we've learned, um, and I think we do it really well in pockets. I would say um, from a communications perspective, when we launched um, the Northwell brand in 2016, yeah, okay. um, it was about a year later where we uh, launched the internal branding. So I think from the outset, uh, the external marketing mindset and the internal marketing mindset has been there from the beginning. Yeah, syncing up. 
That's why you responded and, and resonated with this. Yeah. Makes sense. And, and also, I think it takes great courage to say we, we are starting this process. We're curious, but we don't know yet. We're, mm -hmm. we're moving that direction. And the two of you represent, in my opinion, the perfect team. When the chief people officer mm -hmm. and the lead for the internal communications, because if you don't nail internal communications, yeah. um, nothing else matters. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think when we think about adopting marketing mindset and employee experience, it is um, area number one. So, so when you think about, Maxine, you mentioned this, you said, here's what we do externally mm -hmm. with our patients. What are some of the broad strokes, North Star elements or metrics, or maybe even vision from a vision perspective, yeah. where here's what we do with this audience. How do we bring that internally? Yeah. So, you know, we have an incredible marketing communications and PR team at Northwell. So the first thing is listening and understanding. You know, um, we are uh, obviously our customer, uh, their patients. Now, we are we are not for profit entity. We also have for profit enterprises as well, but healthcare focused. And so what are the needs of our customers? We start with that. Um, do they trust us? Do they trust the brand? Uh, what do they think of us, right? So capturing those insights, very important. And Tom and his team, uh, we work together to capture those insights through multiple channels here as well, as it relates to our workforce. And by the way, our workforce, they're, you know, they're almost 86,000 now. They're also our patients. They're also members of our community. So when we're marketing externally, we're still marketing to our workforce. And so you need that unified brand uh, that's really important. Anything we're saying outside, we want to be saying inside and vice versa, right? Same people. So that's important. I think how we think about telling our story uh, is something we seek to do really well outside. So whether that's using our Northwell Nurse Choir, uh, using Sandra Lindsay, who is this amazing ambassador for us, a clinical leader who uh, was the first person in the U.S. outside of a clinical trial to receive the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. So how she continues to be a brand ambassador for us externally, same thing internally. The Netflix shows. So we have documentaries on Netflix and other channels mm -hmm. as well. Um, certainly telling our story externally, uh, but also using that internally, uh, whether that's in recruitment, whether that's in engagement, uh, whatever it is, uh, you're seeing again that unified uh, branding and cohesion, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I would add one other uh, element to that where the cohesion really comes to life, and that is um, externally and internally our messaging around social issues. Yeah. Um, right now, we have a, a major initiative in market through the marketing group, and it really is expanded to a thought leadership role around gun violence prevention. Um, and we have seen that be very successful in terms of making a difference mm -hmm. in the lives of our patients. But at the same time, it has created a sense of awareness and differentiation in the marketplace. And we have leaned into that internally. Mm -hmm. Together, Maxine and I, and we try and, and influence mm -hmm. um, leaders internally to be um, really thoughtful uh, in terms of talking about what's happening in our communities right. and bringing it in internally. So again, I think what you're, you see, we see at mm -hmm. every turn is from an external and it's external and internal are, are really interwoven. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really a new way of thinking brand unification, 
right? Because historically speaking, there's this team that's talking externally, this team yeah. internally. Yeah. You'll have cases, well, I think maybe majority of organizations years ago, mm-hmm. where an employee will find out about new values of the organization by seeing it in a Super Bowl commercial. Well, that's nice <laughs> to know, right? How could we possibly be living up to that? So my next question is, see who should own this at the highest level. Now, everyone participates, and I'm not talking about culture. I'm specifically referring to the adoption of marketing internal. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. people, process, technology, and I've had raging debate on this raging i we have cmos that are jumping and we have chros we have chief people officers in some cases ceos i've had cios in the healthcare Mm -hmm. industry we've had folks from the medical perspective saying hold up hold up there are outcomes here and we need to be involved who should be the internal cmo yeah great question if you don't mind me answering first uh so everything, if we're following uh, the science, let's say the art and science of what we do, we know the future is teaming. Um, mm-hmm. We could say the future is now, uh, particularly in healthcare, right? If uh, the industry we're in, extremely evidence-based, extremely collaborative, you have to. We're in the business of saving lives, improving the quality of lives. And so those principles, I think, uh, sort of permeate through everything. So teaming is critically important. Having said that, <laughs> Thomas, our chief internal comms officer, he's going to lead. And we're okay with that because of the way he leads. He leads making sure there's input, making sure there's alignment. Mm-hmm. And so it is absolutely collaborative. But, you know, when all is said and done, we trust actually in his leadership. Uh, he's extremely credible. He brings the insights in, not just uh, what's happening internally, but the benchmarking. What are best practices outside that we need to be thinking about in trends? And I would say Tom is sort of, we've um, <laughs> anointed him. We've given him every HR degree <laughs> that exists from every university out there. We've decided upon ourselves he should be eligible. Um, we include Tom um, in our meetings. He attended our HR retreat earlier this year because he's just an incredible thought leader and helps inform our HR strategy as well beyond communications, beyond marketing. Um, And so when you see that level of credibility and teamwork and collaboration, we trust him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, we see that lead (laughs) to Tom, but it's really because of the way he does it. You know, I think we are at North and thank you, Maxine, for that. Um, I think that really it's a partnership, as Maxine was indicating. I think one of the things that makes Northwell unique is that the internal communications function is with it sits within marketing and communications mm-hmm. in some organizations it sits okay. within hr in some places mm-hmm. it's with legal um so i have the benefit of working closely with all of my colleagues who are driving brand advertising sponsorships entertainment marketing like netflix right. as well as clinical marketing so uh and we have an internal agency a creative agency so we're blessed with um, an abundance of resources mm-hmm. that we can rely on And as we try and be more synergistic within the marketing function, the idea is how do we take what's going on externally? We would be foolhardy to not lean into it and amplify it internally as well. But having said that, um, there is a distinct internal communications or and, and really cultural rallying cry called made for this, which is really the internal branding. Mm -hmm. And so while we, we kind of go down two paths, 
we have the ability to lean into uh, tactics, uh, assets, uh, and strategies and bring those to bear internally as well. So to the point, it is a team sport uh, and it is extremely collaborative. Yeah, and as he's sharing with us, as I said, he sits in on just about all of our meetings, we're sharing with him as well. So Tom is always acutely interested in our strategy, what's happening because he's connecting dots and looking for ways to amplify it and bring it to life and tell the story. This is such a bullseye. Well, first, Maxine, I, I see the chemistry you were referring to. You guys are it's such such an amazing we team. We bent to each other a lot too, by the way. I, I can see that. And yeah. and uh, Tom, this what, what you just said, I, I think, is one of the best ways how to approach this in terms of you sit in the world of marketing communications. And we'll talk about this in a minute. There's an agency, there are creative resources, and then you are also in the world of HR, have the trust and have the strategic lens and the participation in those conversations. So you understand, hey, I think this is what needs to be, this is the message. This is how to be relevant and timely. These are our purpose, our mission and our cause that we want to share. Now let's not send a long email that's boring and a PDF, <laughs> right? Like who wants to see more of that? You have, you have tons of thousands of lives that you're impacting. Let's go to the creative side. So process is next because we've got the, the the people part awesome mm-hmm. and probably more to you to you tom but maxine what we're going to yeah. jump in yeah. because here's the question um what i often get is if you share resources there is a challenge of the kpis like hey on the marketing side we have this kpi so now you're kind of like this um uh, you know i, I don't want to say i, I don't want to child or like you, you're you're just like could i have some resource i need to do this and well you we don't have the resources we'll do it later how do you navigate that does that mean that the internal agency's kpis includes internal so talk to me a little bit about how does that uh um i, I guess dynamic works we have while we're blessed with an abundance of resources those resources are finite right we it, and and when we think about um how we divide those and when i say we i'm talking about the overall marketing function um internal communications is one of the biggest customers uh, of the internal agency the other major internal customer are our clinical marketing team um, and our internal agency also supports uh their their campaigns we, when we think about major uh, brand campaigns externally, um, those are supported uh, by external agencies, uh, advertising agencies, and our partners there. So we do have um, the the mind share of our internal agency, and we get a ton of support to support all these campaigns through our different channels, um, whether they be you know digital channels internally. We have internal social channels as well, um, but we are submitting requests as part of their intake process. Um, sometimes those requests are handled right away, depending on the, the, the nature of it. Um, there are other instances where it could be farmed out to one of our external partners. Um, we get a, that internal agency gets hundreds, literally hundreds of requests a week um, from 85,000 people strong. So my hat's off to the work that they do managing and keeping all those balls in the air. It's a challenge sometimes because, well, we may have an internal uh, customer who says, you know, we really need to do this, or this is an initiative that's important. Um, When we 
look at all the different things that are happening. We try and you know determine whether it's important now. Is there a different way for us to go at it? So we are always foot on the gas and foot on the uh, the brake at the same time as we try and find that uh, delicate balance. Prioritizing and yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, we are a, a major component of what that uh, internal agency does. I think I'm, we're abundantly thankful for that. And I would venture to say that if we were not part of the in marketing, if we were sitting outside of marketing, we might not have that uh, ability to execute uh, mm -hmm. as well as we do. So again, that partnership not only extends between me and Maxine, but it also really extends to my colleagues in the marketing function. Mm -hmm. I can for sure tell you most organizations do not have this opportunity that, that, that and the structure. And as a result, you don't get the content that would be as creative, as engaging. And you even spoke there like a marketer. You said, uh, you know, <laughs> campaigns across channels. That, that, that gave me goosebumps. So <laughs> can I, before I, I jump to the next question, I kind of want to go one, one layer further. So does it, what does that look like? So do you, Tom, you, you walk out of a meeting with Maxine and other leaders and you say, hey, this, this thing is happening in our organization. I really think we should communicate that to our audiences or maybe sub-audiences. Maybe this only impacts our clinical on that. And then you go into the agency and you submit a request. You say, hey, this thing is happening. Here is about it. Here's a brief, I think, is in the marketing world. Mm -hmm. Then they come back and do you get content, design, videos? What is that process like to be an internal client of an, an, an internal agency? So the, the intake process that we follow has really matured and modernized in the seven years that I've been here. We it's it's all, you know, on a, on a platform and, you know, you're ticking boxes for the kinds of assets, creative assets you think you would need. Um, we do have uh, an internal studio as well. So we have a team that can capture what? video, yeah. certain kinds of video. Um, and so if there are assets that we need their help creating, we would go through the agency. There are a fair number of things that we do and Maxine and I partner on mm -hmm. that might not require, you know, screensavers or digital assets. Mm -hmm. um, that is in certainly the lion's share, but it depends on the, the campaign and the initiative we're trying to, to push. When I think about, for example, Maxine, when we think about the employee engagement survey, when right. we are pushing that out, a tremendous number of creative assets that are required to drive awareness um, that is something where we would ask the agency to produce that for us and then we would disseminate it through our channels there are other initiatives that we support that don't require a full bore campaign where we're thinking multi-channel it really is something where we're maybe focusing in on leaders trying to incent leaders to adopt certain behaviors and to really take initiatives and bring them down into their teams mm -hmm. so it really depends on the nature of the initiative that we're supporting um, but we have on the intake side, every opportunity to say, these are the sorts of assets that we think we need. And on occasion, we'll sit down with the, the agency and they'll say, well, have you thought about it this way? Or, you know what, we have, we're really, uh, we, we can't deliver that just yet. You know, and, and there is a bit of a negotiation there. As I said, there are finite resources and we try and take it full, as full advantage as we can. The other thing, if I could jump in, um, you know, as you talk about that process, mm -hmm the people. And so listening to our strategy and what we prioritize. So for example, we're a well-being organization and we often say this is the business we're in. If we can't get it right with our workforce, we shouldn't be in the business. So what does Tom do? He ensures there are people within his team 
that are solely working with us on the well-being uh, communications and marketing. Um, equity, diversity, and inclusion. He saw that we began to really invest more, emphasize that more, uh, you know, uh, work on it even more. There are someone fully devoted to working with us on amplifying that aspect of our strategy. And so, you know, it's also just the who uh, and bringing in folks with the expertise that really partner with us. Uh, because, you know, I would say to our team, trees are growing in the forest and no one's seeing them or hearing them. <laughs> So great work is being done. Who can work with us to really think about this differently and how we tell the story and make folks aware? Connect, and get yeah. yeah. Get the buy-in. Connecting yeah. employees yeah. to the strategy, yes. especially at, at yes. this scale of yes. an organization in an industry that is so important that's impacting people's lives on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. That's right. That's right. Um, what, where I want to ask, Maxine, maybe maybe from your perspective, when we think about the employee experience, you mentioned mm-hmm. from recruiting to engagement. Mm-hmm. I've been asking this question over and over again. When we think about adopting marketing mindset um, and into the future, what is the future people initiatives? We can't do it all at once. Yeah. So I'm going to pose the cu- cu- question first the following way and ask you to react, and then we're going to yeah. go a little further. I've been asking on the customer side, if we were to summarize, what is our North Star? It seems to me, when we look at companies that are really successful, it is to meet them where they are, to meet our customers where they are, to every touch point. If we look at Steve Jobs' quotes where he talks about, hey, meet them with things they, they don't even know they need yet. Yeah. Right. So that would be, do we translate that and say, we're not there, not even close to being there. I'm simply asking, do we put that as our North star or should it be something else? And then let's back up a bit and say, what of the employee experience current moments that matter? What do we prioritize? Yeah. So I'm going to answer like a former attorney. Uh, <laughs> it's both. <laughs> so, um, you know, certainly we're always listening because I think, we have a focus here at Northwell on the whole person. So for example, leadership, we say you don't get a better leader if you don't grow the person, right? And so we can't ask you to turn off who you are uh, to become someone else. We want the best of you, don't get me wrong at work, (laughs) Um, but we want the whole person. And so we have to connect with the whole person because otherwise the person's really not allowing themselves to be themselves and we're not getting that fully authentic Mm-hmm. Uh, fully realized uh, individual, right? So the focus on the whole person, we say, well, what's the experience they're having outside in the world, let's say with technology? Uh, so, okay, uh, we know there are increasingly more digital assistants, whether you're driving, whether you're at home talking to Alexa on your phone with Siri or whoever, right? Um, so nor- we just launched, for example, our Ask HR digital assistant to assist team members with common HR inquiries and then eventually transactions. Tom and his team help us on the marketing and the communication of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about the life people are, the lives they're living and how we can meet them to your point where they are. So mm-hmm. they're not having a different, experiencing a different reality when they come into work than they are in day-to-day life. So that's mm-hmm. important. But saying to the organization, hey, we know you weren't thinking about this, but we want to have a lifelong relationship uh, with our team members, right? When they leave our organization, they're still our patients, nine times out of 10, still living in the communities where we operate. Let's launch an alumni network. 
So this year we launched our alumni network, one of the first in healthcare. Uh, over a thousand people already signed up, re-engaged with us, becoming our brand ambassadors, referring patients, referring recruitment candidates, philanthropy, mm-hmm. volunteering, right? And then we also have an internal staffing agency. So now we have a path through something called alum staff, where former team members can come back and work for us doing gig work. And so, you know, again, to your point, what are those things they don't know they need? And how do we bring that in as we watch the trends happening outside in the world? And then, of course, we talk with Tom. What do you think? (laughs) Getting perspective. Mm -hmm. And he's helping us think now, just keeping in mind, Alumni, they don't work internally. So when we're talking comms and marketing now, we're not just talking the internal workforce, we're talking now alumni, former Mm -hmm. team members, and oh, by the way, the household, which is a key part of our strategy. So we wanna have a relationship with every team member's household. So we have Northwell kids and family. So Tom and his team, hey Tom, we've got more. (laughs) Now you're communicating with the whole household, Tom, the whole family, kids and all. And so he and the team just have to kind of, they reprioritize, they adjust, they give us feedback and input, help us think about it uniquely, um, and we bring that to life. So to your point, the big scale of 86,000, now I'm not saying double it. Well, actually you end up doubling it when you think about all the households and alumni. So it's an even greater scale. Can't even imagine, Tom, your whiteboards with a different audience (laughs) and those brainstorming sessions. And I, I, you know, I think to Maxine's point, as we think about um, members of our community who are not directly employed by us, they're not, you know, team members. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think the importance of that um, cohesion between the in- external brand, our, our, our face to the community, yeah. uh, and, and internally how important that is. Maxine alluded to that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um our team members are our patients. The Northwell brand is in many ways the North Star. That's what, you know, and our research right. actually early on in engagement surveys, when we first launched the brand, indicated a tremendous degree of uh, impact that the the new brand had. It had been, de- it was our decades, right? Decades of North Shore LIJ, and then we became mm-hmm. Northwell Health. Right? And that really galvanized uh, the, the internal community, our team members, and, and we're leaning into that still to this day as yeah. we start to really think about employees and the, as Maxine described mm-hmm. in its broadest sense of the term. Yeah. You're truly on the bleeding edge of how, how you're thinking about HR from, from my perspective, because you know I, I've mentioned mm-hmm. I, I've had almost 80 conversations now on air and another couple hundred uh, that didn't make it on air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about the future a bit, but before I do, there's something I want to make sure to highlight when I ask about the employee experience. So mm-hmm. I think about, you know, Ellen learning and development, as an example, or wellness, mm-hmm. other areas. Do you see those as being other clients of the internal agency, internal clients? Or do you see those potentially roll up, Tom, with you and then you're supporting learning and you're supporting these other internal initiatives on how they show up and meet your employees where they are. From an internal comms perspective, it's more the latter in what you described. So, um, the head of our uh, learning organization, I support. You know, he's taking some steps and really doing some progressive things mm-hmm. uh, on the learning side. I would support him directly, but I think. Uh, well-being, the same thing. I have members of my team dedicated to that, you know, portion of what of, of that support of team members. 
well-being, our benefits, et cetera. So we communicate that. But I think to Maxine's point, what makes Northwell extraordinarily unique, I think, is that I don't do that independent of Maxine. Mm -hmm. She's at the table as well. She has a point of view of how that learning should be deployed across the 86,000 folks mm -hmm. uh, at Northwell. So we are, um, as, as yeah. heavy a matrix as we are, we view that not as com complex complexity. We view that as partnership opportunity. Yeah. So we're bringing all those folks to the table. Uh, it gets cumbersome at times. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, there's a lot of conversation, but to the point, uh, I think we always end up where we should. Yeah. Uh, and all of the different stakeholders feel, using learning as that example, um, that that leader is taking their needs into mind as he's developing and right. executing his strategy. Well, we're connected, you know, very closely to J Dr. Jason Nadich, who is our uh, the head of learning and uh, innovation and the head of our corporate university in Northwell. Um, and I think one of the things, Tom, if you think about a few years ago, we started saying we have all of these departments at Northwell, and we could certainly be communicating that way to the workforce, but through a retail lens, let's think through the lens of a customer. Mm. So if, if you think about our internal site, our intranet, uh, Tom's team, we started talking and they've restructured it through the lens of a customer, through a retail lens, not based on how we're structured, but how they would expect to see it. So mm. it's more by subject and topic than it is by, you know, the Center for Learning and Innovation, which is our corporate university, HR, uh, you know, insert your various teams. It's learning and development. DEI. So it's not about who's doing it, mm -hmm. but it's how the customer expects to receive it. And I think that was a good turning point for us a few years ago. It's a good example of consumerization. Mm -hmm. You're right. reorienting around right. them versus right. the organization. Mm -hmm. um, I am, I'd like us to jump into the future a bit. And uh, I, I mentioned we're about to start running campaigns and we're thinking, the reason we're thinking about campaigns and Tom, you already brought this up. When we think about externally marketing, it's all about campaigns. Effectiveness of campaigns, channels, content, stories that are relevant for the audiences. So when you think about, you know, a couple of years from now, maybe it's three, maybe five, like looking back before you've done what you've done now, five years or more, like it just seems like, why weren't we doing this? Five years from now, when we look back and you think about running those campaigns, what things we're suspending reality fully. We're giving ourselves the permission to absolutely, nothing we currently do is impacting how we're thinking about it. But we put what Maxine said top of mind, which is they come to work. They're not two different people. They experience life outside of work. They push one button and they receive everything at home. Ads are more relevant now than ever. More and more are saying, mm -hmm. I look forward to the ads because they give me things I'm curious about. So maybe both of you, let, let's talk a bit uh, from a visionary perspective and ideate what does the future of HR initiatives look like, especially when we think about campaigns? Yeah. You want me to start? Um, sure. You know, when you, certainly the campaigning piece, but the future of HR initiatives, again, um, you know, you talked about people, process, technology, certainly um, coming back to that whole person concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, extreme emphasis on well-being, longevity, uh, how a human is experiencing life, the family, you know, we are aiming to be responsible for the health and well-being of the entire family, because then we have a broader impact, we know, on communities, right? So that's important. 
um, technology is huge. And uh, again, people are experiencing it outside. So I think using technology inside, we're going to see a huge increase in that, certainly. Simplicity. Uh, folks are inundated with lots of information. We're trying to grab their attention. So I think reducing complexity, increasing simplicity is going to be really important. Uh, activating our team members as ambassadors is something we seek to do today, but doing it even more. We want brand affinity. We want them speaking positively about uh, the organization. And so I think it's this concept and a lot of, you know, I give credit to a lot of companies. They're, they're, they're down path on this is how do you get folks to live their best possible life, to be their healthiest, best self, to be fully self-actualized, not just the person working for you, but again, the whole household. I think that's the, the North star, uh, the big aspiration for sure. And then everything should be lining up to that. You know, I think um, from a more of a communications lens, um, in the same way Maxine talks uh, about our team members as individuals, we often don't talk, we, we reference the, our size and scale, mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it, we know that everybody is, is a unique individual. From a communications perspective, uh, how can we communicate on a one-to-one -one mm -hmm. basis? I mean, that's sort of the, the, the goal. Personalization. Down, exactly, yeah. right hyper-personalization where we know things about you, not in a creepy way, but we know, <laughs> you know, you've opted in or what have you, but we can deliver messaging that meets your needs. That's right. And I think what, what's interesting, we've seen this on the well-being side, mm -hmm. um, there's a fine line, uh, it's called HIPAA. We, we can only know certain things about you, um, but there are times where I think, um, and again, mm -hmm. respecting the, the privacy of folks, if somebody had a particular need health need, it would be great to know that because we can communicate and That's market right. to them the programs that we have that could meet their needs. That's right. right now, we rely on awareness, mm -hmm. uh, engagement, and then, you know, as you think about the marketing funnel, right, they go down and, and they make their choice and they select mm -hmm. and they purchase, you know, a program. In a future state, I would That's really love to be able to, to be in a place where we're hyper-personalizing our messaging. So based on the unit you're in, in the hospital where you're based, in the region, That's you know, right. and then your own unique needs, how big is your family, et cetera, mm -hmm. to be able to market in that way would be just, that would be amazing. And that's where we're heading in the future when new team members come in, we're getting that info and we're gonna start nudging. So if you're of a certain age, we know we can be nudging in mammography. Another age, we can be nudging colonoscopy, right? So really, again, amplifying health we are actually uh, right now restructuring our entire HR function around the customer. So we're moving away from the traditional HR model of you know business partner and COE. And uh, effective February 1st, you're working with us on this, there'll be team member services, people leader services, business leader services, and then HR enablement and operations. Um, again, simplifying, but setting us up to better deep dive, understand the customer, their needs, and to meet them where they are and meet their needs. So I think that infrastructure is also really critical. Uh, mind blown, got goosebumps. For some of the, those who are listening, <laughs> whether you're on the Microsoft side, whether you're on the Prohabit side, whether you're other, those who are listening from a technology perspective, what Tom just said, and what Maxine, what you just articulated, hyper-personalization, looking at the employee data. Tom, you said the words not in a creepy way, but in a way that helps them meet <laughs> where they are. 
And then if we put the bullseye yeah. of Maslow's, you know, self-actualization at the top of our focus as North Star, while then leveraging this data to nudge folks, yeah. that is extraordinary. I think that is exactly what the future is. Holy cow, Maxine, Tambi, this is <laughs> amazing. Um, let's maybe briefly think about the channels too because i think when we think about a campaign one of the big aspects is you know are we thinking email is this another app probably not nobody wants more apps do we go into channels where work gets done you have different workforces your 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 clinical side has different dynamics than your uh, operational and administrative right. so how do you think about channels for this future state mm-hmm so I'll start here, Maxine, and, and feel free to weigh in. You know, we, we talk to our team members every couple of years just to understand how their preferences uh, evolve. Um, and perhaps it's uh, surprising uh, to, to, to learn that at Northwell, email remains the primary channel. However, when you look at the, the spread of, of preference, you know, it really speaks to the importance of omni-channel, just like on the marketing side. Mm -hmm. It is defining personalities for all those channels. What is what is their intended purpose? Right. Uh, you think about the the screensavers where we're running messages. Those are the billboards as you're speeding down a highway, and people are running from one patient room to another. Hopefully, we catch them, and then we may you know reinforce that through an email message through a newsletter that gets produced locally, um, amplified on our Facebook group that has 20,000, uh, almost a quarter of our workforce on that. Um, and then importantly, the face-to-face. -face. Maxine talked about leader enablement. You know, in many ways, that's the sales force looking to close the deal yeah. um, where yeah. we need them really bringing it home and, and reinforcing those moments of contextual relevance, those leaders understand where, where the, and if they know their team members, they, as Maxine was saying, could know, maybe they just had a child and they can encourage yes. them to take advantage. It, it, puts right. a, it puts a lot on the leader, that's for sure. Though. Yeah, but you also have side communicators. Should True. speak to that one. <laughs> that's right, yeah, we have, we've built out, we're 21 hospitals, mm -hmm. 900 ambulatory locations, where as spread out, you know, as spread out can be, We've built a network of communicators who sit in our primary locations. So as a, at an enterprise level, we're packaging system information that we they can pull off the shelf and deploy locally. Um, and we rely on them to put local spins on it. We kind of help, help them develop their communications chops. We bring to them new uh, technology opportunities like texting is big for us. We're doing a lot of opt-in texting for well-being and, and other topics so that we can, for those who are interested, we can break through the clutter um, quite directly. Yeah. So it's really building that business system. And, and again, I do think ultimately the face-to-face -face component yeah. uh, as leaders are rounding, talking with their teams, just so important to have that full mix of channels uh, harmonized, right? And, yeah. and doing the hard work. And, you know, add in alumni, right? Because we have alumni who are still in some way connected to folks who are still here. Our family website goes live soon. So our team members' families can just have direct access to us through their own site. So now they're getting the information. They could be talking about it at home as well. Um, HR, obviously responsible for so in so many ways. Mm -hmm. 
And then I have to give credit to the local, right? Our local sites, uh, some people just love this stuff. <laughs> so they do a pretty good job also of communicating local. Yeah. I, I'm looking at time. I can't believe it. If I, if I could spend another <laughs> five, six hours of asking questions, I, I definitely <laughs> would. Uh, audience for listening in, ping me. Ping me if you agree, if you think this is a... This, this is just mind-blowing dis discoveries and the way Tom and Maxine are thinking about this is truly a bleeding edge of what's next. Um, I'd like both of you, Maxine and Tom, just to maybe wrap up with one piece of advice for those who are looking to follow in your footsteps uh, in order to adapt marketing. I mean, a lot of what you said today is like literally spot on. We just published a, a draft of a book of season one, season three, and a lot of the content is going is exactly how we've been discussing it here. So, Tom, maybe I'll start with you, and then you, Maxine. What piece of advice would you give yeah. to other leaders that are trying to follow in the direction uh, that, that you're heading in? So I'll speak from a, a functional perspective and the word I would use is relationships to be transparent. You know, uh, the, the functional elements of what I talked about, you can test, learn, read. I, I think it's, it's the softer side of, as we talked about earlier on being at the table, I think, um, what, what has helped me deliver on behalf of Maxine and our 85,000 team members, almost 86, almost 86 <laughs> uh, but who's counting, as um, is really um, being at the table and understanding the needs of my business partners, all of them. Um, and that is really relationship driven. You get so focused on doing the work and that's mm -hmm. obviously critically important, um, but understanding the needs of, of my business partners, um, establishing those relationships allow us to have tough conversations to prioritize. It just opens up the door uh, to also testing and learning, yeah. exploring, yeah, trying something, yeah. iterating. It's so yeah. important. And if, if those relationships from a communications perspective are not there, um, then that is that the work we've done would be a challenge in other organizations, I think. Yeah. And, you know, something else that comes to mind, we talk a lot about behavioral economics and psychology. And so I think not relying on the legacy tactics like you referenced, just kind of the email memo and hoping for the best in, you know, the recruitment equivalent is like post and pray, just, you know, post it and hope they come, right? I think studying and being a student of psychology, being a student of behavioral economics, how you can nudge behavior uh, through the use of certain words, certain tactics, um, really, really important. You know, during COVID, we saw this. Uh, we had to get a lot of people vaccinated, right? We had a vaccine mandate in New York State. Um, we, at that time, had 70-something thousand team members. We had hit probably 60,000 or so when we had the resistant group left. We went to our psychologists in the organization, uh, you know, in particular, and asked for input. They flagged a couple quick things. So one, you have people who are vaccine-phobic, uh, needle phobic rather, they showed us our flyers. We had needles on our flyers. So we were scaring people inadvertently, but we were scaring people. Yeah. And then they suggested create vaccine spas, get an anesthetic to numb the, you know, numb the area, uh, paraffin wax, aromatherapy, and we did it. We were able to launch all of that and it really did help. So I think breaking away from the traditional tactics and, in, and going out uh, to experts, not that you encounter day to day, 
but getting their insights uh, would be really critical. Maxine and Tom, just a, a huge thank you. It, it's, it's a combination of um, sharing your best practices and, and your vision for the future. And in many ways, this is huge validation for the podcast and for many of the audience members um, on their path. So Maxine, Tom, I really appreciate your time. And um, thank you so much. Great to meet you. And uh, thank you for the opportunity again. Thank Over you. Over and out.